Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report on this hump day. Yeah. It's Wednesday, February 26th. So happy to have you joining us today. Happy Ash Wednesday, everybody. Hope you all got your ashes. Oh, that's where you get the cross on the head, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta get blessed. I haven't seen any. You haven't seen any ashes? Not this morning. I haven't seen anything this morning. You're Usually I see a few when I take the kid to school and stuff. Probably hanging around a bunch of heathens. That, that's why. <laughs> You're too busy worshiping she's moved. That's true. You get an S on your forehead? Get a bottle of wine dumped on my forehead <laughs> for the god of wine and slaughter. Yeah, we're all about she's in this joint. I'm a fallen away Catholic. I don't get me no ashes no more. Mm. Um, were you raised Catholic? No, but I guess Methodist would be what I was you raised. You guess Methodist? We, I mean, Did you I, know what your church was? It was a Methodist through? church. Well, then you were like, Methodist. If you're Methodist, it's always like, I guess I was Methodist. Why is that I guess? It's, not a very, it's a very lax sect of Christianity. It's very light? Yes, it's very Christian light. It's probably why I'm an atheist now. Well, I was born a uh, Catholic. I guess you're not born anything. No, you're, was, you're uh, taught to be. You're, I was, I was, you're raised. I was uh, baptized and confirmed uh, as a... Uh, as an Irish Catholic. And so I had the full treatment until I was around 13. And I said to my parents, you know, I don't buy any of this. Is this, the, is this something I'm going to keep doing? Do I have to keep up this illusion? And they were like, Ugh, all right, mouthy kid. Did they stay religious their whole lives? You know what? Once I walked away, yeah. interestingly enough, my parents both said, eh, I think the kid's got a point and they stopped going to church too. <laughs> so that's weird. I, my parents got more religious. Well, at least my mom did got more religious as I got older. When I was a kid, it was, it was we, we'd go on Easter and that would be it. No, uh, we were full blown. I think my parents tried really hard to keep me in the faith and then- <laughs> Once I sort of cut loose, they're like, oh, what's the point yeah, anymore? This is stupid. Well, well, they also get really cheesed off because they came up in a time when there was a lot of change in the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. When they were saying, well, maybe he wasn't really born in a major. Maybe he was a cave. We right. No. And they, they kept changing their stories. <laughs> I remember my dad saying, is it, is it, is it this way or not? Yes. Well, give me a because the Pope started changing things and they would send out these uh, announcements saying, well, you can eat meat on Friday. Yeah. It's not a big deal anymore. And when so. your rules don't. You keep changing your rules. And well, the they're rules not don't rules mean it. anymore. Yes. Yeah. There are now opinions or guidelines. So I think that also um, caused my parents to lose a little faith. And yeah. So, no. Yeah. Well. But I feel bad because today's Ash Wednesday and Steve Ashton isn't here. It would been so appropriate to have Ash Wednesday <laughs> perfect. for the Ash Holes with Ashton. <laughs> but a little he, lonely without him. He is no longer with us. <laughs> well, he's still with us. He's alive. Yeah. He's just not here in the Batcave. No, it's just the two of us. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. And sitting here in the Batcave with me in this lonely Batcave, just mm. the two of us, is the one and only vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Did you forget? I was thinking. Your, I was uh, thinking of something. I didn't do it. Yeah. Well, so. the audience still loves you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you are the religious kind of person, uh, happy Ash Wednesday. This is the kickoff of Lent. This is when you deprive yourself yes. of stuff that you love to show God that you mean it, I guess. I, I, guess. For, I forget exactly Don't how eat it fast works. food because that's what God would want. That's right. So you give up something you love. So in my case, it would be either masturbation yes. or alcohol. Cigarettes. Or cigarettes or uh, cussing or something. <laughs> something you really, it's fun that you enjoy doing. Usually you give that up for 40 days. That's a long time. And then uh, you roll around and you could celebrate. Is there a reason it's 40 days? Is that because they were in the desert for 40 days or something like that? That is an excellent question. Or does question, that have something to do with that? Edwin, that I simply don't have <laughs> You were the, the Catholic. To. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I have forgotten most of the dogma that was uh, pushed into my brain. Yeah, so people don't expect anything from Methodists. That's right. Um, but I thought since it is Ash Wednesday, even though we're not religious, except, of course, for uh, Shizmu, yes. all hail Shizmu, it is right to give him thanks and praise. Yes. The 
The one thing I did like about Catholicism mm-hmm. and still do to this day is their patron saint system. Oh. There are a lot of saints yes. in the Catholic Church and they will give it to almost anybody for almost any reason. They say you have to perform a miracle or three miracles. Three miracles. I think it's three miracles, three miracles, right? And then they take a vote or something, and then then you get to be. But a, there's no a strict saint. rules for miracles. It's sort of gu- yeah. guidelines and opinions. Oh, look at that! He did his taxes all by himself <laughs> in pen. Boom, in pen. saint. <laughs> um, but the, they also let you become the patron saint of something, and because there's so many saints, yeah, some of the things that patron saints are. Patrons of mm-hmm. are in, are ridiculous, insanely ridiculous. Well, I'm sure the, it gets harder and harder to make someone a patron saint of something because you run out. You of run stuff. out of stuff. You run out of the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah, is it's taken. all gone immediately. So the later saints get the shittier things to be a patron of. <laughs> but I always loved going through the list to see who was the patron saint of what. So I thought we'd have some fun with that on today's show. We could play a little bit of the Garmy Game Show. Oh, okay. We're going to play the Garmy Game Show, kids. Uh, and here's, if you don't know, if you're new to the show, here's how it works. I will ask Eddie Pence a series of 10 questions. If he can get more than half of them correct, <laughs> five or better, then a lucky member of the audience wins a fabulous uh, prize and some cash as well. Cash not included. So uh, Eddie plays on the behalf of a member of the Garmy. And then if he wins, you win. It's just that simple. Yeah. Now, we've also changed the rules a hair to if he gets blanked, if he comes up completely bone dry on all the answers, you also get the prize because we just felt bad for people who are getting <laughs> just just screwed over by Eddie coming up short. So those are the two ways you can win. He gets none correct yeah. or he gets five or more correct. That's how it works. And then you get some fabulous cash and prizes. Cash not included. Um. So it's time mm-hmm. to play the Garmy Game Show. It's time for America's fastest growing quiz sensation, the Garmy Game Show. With the host that loves you most, Ralph Garmin. And the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes, Eddie Pence. Thank you so much, John Cooperman. Welcome, everyone, to the Garmy Game Show. I am your host, Ralph Garmin. Today, Eddie Pence will be trying to identify the things that the saints are patrons of. Okay. I will give you the saint, and then I will give you two choices. Okay, oh, okay. Multiple yeah, you don't, okay. To, you don't have to know it off the top Otherwise, of your head, because that's insane. Pulling the blank rule. Right. I will give you the saint, Okay. and then I will give you two options right. as to what that saint is the patron saint of. All right. If you are correct, you will hear this. If you are incorrect, you will hear this. If you get five or more correct answers, then a lucky member of the Garmy will be winning some fabulous cash and prizes, cash not included. And here's how they win. They have to send in their uh, name and mailing address to Eddie Pants at yes. Eddie at the Ralph Report.com. Put in the subject line, I want free stuff. And then Eddie picks your name out of a hopper, and that's who we're playing for. So who are you playing for today, Eddie Pants? I am playing for Jerry Morales. Jerry Morales. Jerry Morales. Jerry Morales. Where does he hail from? Tustin, California. Not nearby Tustin, California. And Jerry Morales, I believe Morales is a Hispanic last name. I believe so. so. It's likely that he might be a religious fellow or have been raised in in a religious way. He may know this better than me and get frustrated listening to it. He may know the answers better than you. <laughs> All right, what can Jerry Morales win? Well, there's one way to find out. Ralph, tell us what he could win. Why, thank you, Ralph. Jerry Morales, if he wins, will win a fabulous Garmy grab bag of prizes, including a Garmy shot glass, a Garmy notepad, and a Garmy air freshener. Back to you, Ralph. Why, thank you so much, Ralph. <laughs> I love that guy. He's, he's, he's super, talented. Super happy all the time. All right, these are ten saints, or saints, saints. depending on... <laughs> How much coffee you've had this morning? <laughs> Ten saints. I will give you two options as to what they are the patron saint of. Okay. And then you simply need to answer. Gotcha. Okay. Understood? Yep. I think we've got everything covered. I think so. All right. Here we go. The first saint is Saint Genesius. Saint Genesius. Okay. Is Saint Genesius the patron saint of dysentery oh. or of actors? Actors or dysentery? Which one is the is the patron saint, uh, Saint Genesius, the patron of... Uh, I'm going to say dysentery. No, I'm sorry. He is the patron saint of actors. Mm. Saint Polycarp of Smyrna 
is the patron saint of dysentery. Okay. So these are all actually choices. So everyone, okay. All these choices I give you, someone is a patron saint of them, but okay. not the particular one that we gotcha. be talking so about. I'm just throwing darts in the dark room right now. Pretty much, yes. So that's one down, one wrong <laughs> okay. so far. Okay. Uh, saint Isidore. Uh-huh. Saint Isidore. Is Saint Isidore the patron saint of greeting card manufacturers? <laughs> Or the internet. Shit. <laughs> Which one is St. Isidore, the patron saint? St. Isidore. St. Isidore. Once again, those choices, the greeting card manufacturer. They really made the patron saints of both of those? And these are both That's represented insane. by saints in the Catholic Church. The internet or greeting card manufacturers. Greeting card manufacturers. No, I'm sorry. Wow. I don't think you'll be surprised wow. to, to learn that St. Valentine is the patron saint is it really? of greeting card manufacturers. I didn't know that. That. It's absolutely makes sense. True. Yes, but I thought that, that Saint so Isidore is the patron saint of the internet. Pope John Paul II appointed him to that position after the internet became a thing, and I guess the Pope figured somebody better be watching over it because oh. it's it's a bad place, yeah, it's a real bad place. I don't think Saint Isidore is doing his it's job a, quite frankly. Terrible job, actually. All right. So let's take a real quick look at the score. Over shall two. Over two. Okay. So over eight. And we win. <laughs> that's right. Over oh, 10. If I miss eight more, we win. Oh, that's true, yes. yes. If, you, if you blank the rest. I blank the rest. Jerry's a big winner. Okay, number three, St. <sighs> Drago. St. Drago, D-R-O-G-O. -O. It's either Drogo or Drago. Mm -hmm. St. Drago, is he mm -hmm. the patron saint of unattractive people <laughs> Jesus or disappointing children? He's the patron saint of unattractive people or disappointing children? <sighs> unattractive people. That's correct, Eddie Pence. Okay. St. Drago is the patron saint of unattractive people. Shit, I was trying to get that wrong. St. Cloddled. <laughs> Damn it. Cloddled is the patron saint of disappointing Cloddled. children. Yes. Okay. C-L-O-T-I-L-D-E. So, Clotilde? Clotilde? I don't know. That's Whatever. weird, because you think unattractive people, that's more of a subjective thing. Well, I think we all know. I think we all know who the real <laughs> well, there's ugliest. there's a few. The real like ugliest, come on. <laughs> you don't have to be St. Drago to be able to point an ugly person out in the crowd, okay? So there you go. You got one. I meant to get that wrong because I'm trying to go for the O for Well, it's too late now. Fuck. Now you're committed. Now, now I'm you, screwed. Now, now you got to get some right. Shit. Here's a, a Saint number four, St. Cornelius. Okay. St. Cornelius. Is St. Cornelius the patron saint of twitching or of rabies? Patron saint of twitching mm. or rabies? Rabies. Oh, I'm sorry. pants. St. Hubert is the patron saint of people who have rabies. St. Cornelius is indeed the patron oh. saint of twitching. Man. So if you're ever twitching, just pray to St. Cornelius oh, for a little stop help. It. St. Allegius is our next saint. Okay. Number five, St. Allegius. Right. Is he the patron saint of gas station workers? <laughs> Or girls from rural areas. What the fuck? These are real? These are absolutely real. St. Allegius is either the patron saint of gas station workers or girls from rural areas. Girls from rural areas. No, I'm sorry. St. Allegius is the patron saint of gas station workers. St. Germain is the patron saint of girls from Unreal. rural areas. Unreal. Sorry, Jerry. Here we go, number six. What's the score right now? I gotta get four out of the next five right. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Uh, <sighs> saint Friard. Uh-huh. Saint Friard, F-R-I-A-R-D. Is he the patron saint of people who are afraid of wasps? <laughs> or is he the patron saint of people who are afraid of snakes? Wasps or snakes? Snakes. Sorry. What the? You won't I can't even guess. You won't be surprised to hear that St. Patrick is the patron saint of people who are afraid of snakes because St. Patrick, of course, famously drove the snakes out of Ireland. I thought that was a Pied Piper. No, oh, that's rats. That's rats. That's Very rats. St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. That's why there are no snakes in oh, Ireland, okay. according yeah. to the Catholic Church, who doesn't really think much of science. All right, we got, uh, you got to get the rest. I right? have to run the table. Run the table. Oof. Okay, here we go. <laughs> that means I have to guess four in a row. Saint number seven is Saint Barbara. Ah, oh. oh, good old Saint Barbara. Is she the saint of oversleeping mm -hmm. or of fireworks? The patron saint of oversleeping or of fireworks? Fireworks. That's correct, oh. Eddie Ben. She is indeed okay. the patron right. saint of fireworks. We're back in the game. Saint Vitus. 
is the saint. Okay. The patron saint of oversleeping. All right. All right. Three you got more. a shot. Three, Three more. more. Three more. We can do it. All right. Number eight, Saint uh -huh. Benedict of Nursia. Saint Benedict of Nursia. Mm -hmm. Is he the patron saint of spelunkers mm. or of invincible people? <laughs> Which, by the way, God damn it. I can't think of a group of people who need a patron saint less than the invincible people. And I've never met an invincible person, but I don't think they need a saint looking over um, them. Spelunkers or invincible people? Let's go with spelunkers. That's correct, oh. Eddie Pence. St. Benedict of Nursia is, in fact, Ooh. the patron saint okay. of spelunkers. Okay. Saint Drausnius. Saint Drausnius is the patron saint of invincible people. Insane. Yes. At first, I thought when I read that, I was like, "Could they mean invisible people?" And then, it's like, well, that doesn't even <laughs> make it even more. It's even less sense than invincible people. <laughs> All right, Saint Number Nine. Two Eddie more. Pence is actually in the running. Uh, this is very exciting. Maybe the most exciting game we've had in a while. It could be very exciting. Go right down to the end. This could be awesome. <laughs> Saint right. Bibiana. Okay. Saint Bibiana. Is she the patron saint of beer mm -hmm. or the patron saint of hangovers? Ooh. Saint Bibiana, patron saint oh. of hangovers or of beer? Hangovers. That's correct, Eddie <gasps> Pence. She is indeed oh. the patron saint of oh. hangovers. Saint Arnold is the patron saint of beer. Oh, this is saint exciting. Arnold. This is a true story, by the way. Some people, thirsty, thirsty people, once prayed to St. Arnold, and the next thing they claim was a pot of beer appeared. Oh, I'm sure that's what happened. And they were uh, they were able to slake their thirst with mm. the beer that was provided to them oh. by St. Arnold. Miracles. So. Miracles. All right. Last one. Last one. I guess it right. It we comes win. down to this. <laughs> right? Jerry wins. Wrong? Jerry is screwed. Can you imagine being Jerry right now with all of his hopes and dreams hanging on Eddie Pence's knowledge of saints? I'm oh, just pure guessing. All right. <laughs> I wonder who the patron saint of guessing is. I don't know. That's that you would should be, be praying to them. Whoever apropos they are. Yes. right now. All right. Lastly, saint number 10 is Saint Adrian okay. of Nicodemia. Okay. Saint Adrian of Nicodemia. Okay. Is he the patron saint of arms dealers? <laughs> 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 or the patron saint of the stupid patron saint of arms dealers Ooh. or the stupid i want to say the stupid but i'm mm, arms dealers that's correct oh. Eddie Pence. arms dealers saint adrian of nicodemia is the patron saint of arms dealers oh unbelievably wow. eddie pence ran the table there at the end what a comeback jerry you are indeed a big winner today wow what a comeback. That was remarkable. Four in a row. Jerry, check your uh, mailbox. You'll be getting a box from us here at the Ralph Report full of all those goodies that we promised you and including a couple others as well. Who's the saint of guessing? I don't know. That's who I should pray to. Wait, that's what I said that about two questions. I thought you said ago. stupid. No, that no. was the last question. But oh. I said, who's the patron saint of guessing? You should be playing to that. I'm not paying attention. You may be the patron saint of stupid. St. Edwin. St. <laughs> Edwin of Pence. I'm just on cloud nine because I did that. Yes. I was. I can't believe I ran four in a row like that. I can't. I can't. I'm not even thinking straight right now. That is uh, remarkable and <laughs> a little dumbfounding, quite frankly. Um, that, that was the best thing ever. Congratulations, Jerry. You're our big winner. And that was the Garmy Game Show. See you next time on the Garmy Game Show. The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. I just realized I, I neglected to write down the saint of the of the stupid. So let me look that up real quick because people are going to say, oh. you didn't say who the saint yeah, of the stupid was. And then I'll have to give them the information. So I'm going to put you guys on hold real quick. <laughs> Listen to some lovely music. We'll be right back. Please hold. We appreciate your business. Please continue to hold. And we're back. St. George. St. George uh. is the patron saint of stupidity. Okay. So there you go. Now there's no reason to be no. upset. You've gotten all the information. Got everything. We Somebody need. was seething there. I needed it.
probably Brandon Rohrbacher saying, <laughs> you guys, you didn't say who the, pra- the saint of stupid was. So now we've got it covered. All right. Anyway, Jerry, congratulations. You are a big winner. That was really, I'm sweating a little bit. Yeah, that was, I was excited. nervous. I was very nervous. That was awesome. All right. Now it's time to celebrate you guys, the Garmin. We love it when you reach out to us. Either via email, like if you want to send your name and address to uh, Eddie at theralphreport.com yeah. or write me, Ralph at theralphreport.com. Steve Ashton, also available, Steve at theralphreport.com. We're always on social media as well, or you can leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline. It's open to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So easy. The access is there. You just got to dial it up. That phone number is 1-833-HI-RALPH. <laughs> Love it when you uh, leave your voicemails. I listen to them all, and then I grab a bunch of them. We put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. As we mentioned, uh, Monday and Tuesday, Steve Ashton joined us here in the Batcave. We had an enormous amount of fun with him here. Uh, he was a little cheesed off. There was a phone call we were listening to in this very segment that mentioned uh, Eddie and Carrie yes. and then the rest of the crew. <laughs> Steve took... Uh, well, he held on to it for a while. Yeah, you know, Trust me. He, when he was leaving for the airport, he was still holding on to it. Uh, so I wanted to play this as a little tribute to him. People do love him. He needs some reinforcement. So here's Jesse from Australia. And Eddie is Jesse again. Um, I just wanted to call up and say how much I'm loving having um, what's his name, uh, the rest of the crew on the podcast. Uh, the rest of the crew is great and really funny. I love the rest of the crew. And I love you, Andy. Thank you, Jesse. How oh. drunk is Jesse? Oh, by she's the way? hammered. She's hammered. But it's uh, gonna warm his heart, though. Yeah. I'm going to get him a T-shirt just says the crew on it because he's our crew. Uh, Lainey called in. Lainey was dumb when she was a kid, much like Eddie Pence was mm-hmm. a, dumb, a dumb child. Mm-hmm. And so you folks have been calling up, outing yourselves, revealing your own stories of childhood stupidity. Lainey's is kind of magical. Yesterday, we had a kid who thought you had a child's name. <laughs> and then when you grew up, they gave you your grown yes, up you name. Changed your name. Yes. Along those same lines, Lainey called in. Hi, Ralph, and hi, Eddie. My name is Lainey, two-star general. I had to call because, like Eddie, I am stupid. And I cannot believe I didn't think to call about this before. Um, but when I was little, uh, I, I, I mean, I had a little brother. We, I was three years older than him, um, and I saw my mom changing his diaper mm-hmm. and stuff, right. and she informed me that he had a penis mm-hmm. and I had a vagina. Right. Teach a moment. <laughs> and from that information, I came to the conclusion that when you were a baby, you had a penis, <laughs> and as you got older, <laughs> it would fall off and you would then have a vagina. Sure. Um, I don't know why, and I don't know how long it took yeah. me to figure out the truth. Yeah. Honestly, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm stupid. Yep. Okay. <laughs> LMB. You are so dumb. Yeah. You are really dumb. For, For real. real. For real, you are dumb, Lainey. <laughs> I can't believe she doesn't know when when it finally dawned on her that that difference was forever, not just for childhood. <laughs> Well, he still has like a belly button knot, you know? It falls off after a little while. That's crazy. Um, Mike called in with a where did he come from. He was watching a movie, and something sparked his interest. Hey, Ralph. Uh, it's Mike, uh, two-star from uh, here in uh, Los Angeles. I was uh, watching a Clint Eastwood movie not too long ago, one of his older ones. They uh, It ended with... The bad guys moving in, and they were hiding in a city that they painted the entire city red. And it got me thinking, like, the term, paint the town red, I I can't imagine it came from that movie, but maybe. But I thought maybe you might know where that term came from. Anyway, thanks, buddy. Love the show. Hey, Eddie. And love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Mike. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it 
from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? That movie's talking about, by the way, is High Plains Drifter. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of the name for that. Clint Eastwood, yes. it was The Stranger in one of those spaghetti yes. westerns. And the bad guys are coming to this small town. And so in order to terrify the bad guys, he paints the entire town red <laughs> and changes the name of the town to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to hell. So it's very scary. Very scary. Very scary. Uh, but you're right. The uh, phrase paint the town red does not come from High Plains Drifter from 1973. No, it starts much earlier than that. You're familiar with the phrase, right? Yes, yes, I've heard it. Tonight, we're going to go out. We're going to paint the town red. Yep. Now, why does that particular idiom signify going out and having a great time? I don't know. Getting Going out there, partying, getting loaded, and just right. celebrating like you never have before. What a strange term to paint the town red. Yes. Well, it turns out it dates back to 1837 in the UK in a small town of Melton Mowbray is the name of the town. And there was, within the confines of that small little place, there was a gentleman known as the Marquise of Waterford. And the Marquise of Waterford was a uh, fairly wealthy landowner, but he was also a well-known lush and mischief maker. His misdeeds, his resume reads pretty strong. He was known uh, for starting fights. For stealing, he was invited to leave Oxford University while he was attending there. Yes, Yes, he was invited to leave. (laughs) He would break windows. He would literally upset apple carts, which is a whole other phrase that probably came from him. (laughs) He would fight duels. And once he even took the uh, heels of a parson's horse and painted aniseed on them, like the smell of licorice. Yeah. And then hunted the horse with bloodhounds. Oh, my God. While he was drunk. This guy was a real dick. Wow. But on one night in 1837, he and his pals got loaded at the local tavern and proceeded to literally paint the buildings of the English town of Melton Mowbray red. And that is where that phrase came from. He was so drunk that he painted the town red. And that story became so legendary that it became a euphemism for someone who would go out and get hammered and celebrate and perhaps a little bit too extravagantly. Wow. He would literally paint the town red. Interesting. So that's where that comes from. All right. All right. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Yesterday, during This Day in History, we were talking about the patent that Samuel Colt received when he devised the uh, revolver. Yes. It was a way that you could use a firearm without having to reload after every shot. Yes, you, you could kill more people quickly. Multiple yes. bullets from yes. the revolver. And uh, this gentleman had a question. Hey, Ralph. Um, I was wondering if you could do me a favor. All right. Uh, this is John from L.A., by the way. John. Uh, so... I just paused the show because you're talking about uh, the invention of the Colt and the first pistol that could, you know, keep shooting without reloading. Right. Um, gosh, I, I, I really would like to know how many bullets could it shoot in a row? Do, do you think, uh, oh man, what's his name? You know, Goldfinger's little henchman. You think he could help me count how many shots the Colt could? get off before, uh, you know, having to reload. Hmm. I really appreciate that. Sure, John. Thanks, Ralph. LMB. I think uh, the person you're thinking about is Hervé Velichez, who, of course, was the uh, was not the sidekick of Goldfinger. No. He was the man with the golden gun. Yes. Scaramanga. Uh, we bring him by the show from time to time <laughs> when we need some counting yes. help. And, Someone's got to do it. Uh, Hervé, if you're around, could you please help us out? <laughs> How many shots can you fire in a row in the original uh, Colt revolver? Do you know the answer? One, two, three, four, five, six. There you go. Oh, now you know. So informative. Six bullets were fired from that <laughs> call. Jake, thank you, John, for calling in. Thanks to everybody who called in. Truly appreciate hearing from you. You, too, can be featured on this segment. But you know what you got to do? got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. 
Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look in the rearview mirror. What happened on this day, February 26th, in history? Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like it's today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister the queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history Today's a very religious show Yes, it is On this day, February 26th in 1732 Mm-hmm the first mass was celebrated in the first American Catholic Church. Oh, How about that? Yeah. So Catholics probably went in to get some ashes they on an probably on, did. On Ash Wednesday. Yes. Any guesses, Eddie Pence? Yay. As to Fuck. <laughs> I knew that was coming when you didn't say what city it was right in the beginning. I Any knew. Any guesses as I to knew which it was coming. historical city yeah. was the home to America's first Catholic Church. Any Real. guesses at it was like, all? It's like three cities at the time. Mm-hmm. So it just had so, to be. So that that better's your chances, yeah. I think, for you to guess mm-hmm. which of those. That's why cities, everything happened in that city? Which of those? There's only like three at the time. Was the home to the first American Catholic Philadelphia. Church, Saint Joseph, Philip fucking Delphia. Sorry, what Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh huh. Uh huh. Philadelphia Freedom, baby. On this day in 1797, the Bank of England issued its first one-pound note. Mm. Till then, everybody was using coins. Their pockets got very heavy. In 1870, you know what I say about the 1800s? It's ripe with inventions. So many goddamn inventions. Well, on this day in 1870, in New York City, the very first subway was demonstrated. Oh. It was a pneumatic train that traveled to the beach from New York City. It was pneumatic powered and it was the first attempt to demonstrate that a subway would be functional underneath the city streets of New York. <laughs> the last time it was clean. That's probably true. In 1893, two Clydesdale horses in Michigan hmm. set a record by pulling, wait for this, 48 tons Ooh. of coal on a sled. Two Clydesdale horses. I didn't, know they could, I didn't know they were that strong. I didn't either. That's wow. Like a lot of horsepower. Jesus. Literally. In 1895, Michael Owens of Toledo, Ohio, another invention. He patented a glass blowing machine. <laughs> yeah. Don't. I'm sorry. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> I can't help it. A glass blowing machine. <laughs> up until that point, glass had to be blown by hand. <laughs> yeah, the, You've probably you seen had to those. jerk it off up until that point. Oh, my God. Sorry. I can't. Fucking help it. You've probably seen those guys with the long pipes yes, blowing yes. glass. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, is he happy. Um, but this invented a machine, which would mean uniform pieces of glass, uh, and you could get many more done and manufacture them quicker. Uh, yeah, not, that gave the artisan uh, no work to do. That's right. Yeah. That put a lot of people the out of work. Artisan glass blower. Yes. Uh, in 1916 on this day. Oh, this is going to make you happy. Uh, this is one of those yeah? that's going to make you happy. Really? In 1916, the Mutual Film Company mm. made one particular performer the highest paid entertainer <laughs> in the world when he signed a contract with Mutual Film for the salary of $670,000 per year. Yeah. In 1916, he was getting... Close to $700,000 a year. Yeah. That's got to be. He was like the richest person in the world at one point, I think. Or he was definitely the highest paid person in the world. You want to tell him who we're talking about? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin signed his deal with Mutual Film on this day in 1916. Before that, he was with a company called SNA Film Company. And that's where he did a series of comedies in 1915 that made him the most popular movie star in the world. And once that deal was up, he was able to cash in. Yep. He made 12 Two real films in a 12-month period. <laughs> 12 movies in 12 months. That's nuts. Which was weird because later on when he became, he had his own studio and 
like controlled his own thing. He took forever to make a film because he would practice things over and over and over and rehearse mm-hmm. over and over. He was so. cranking them out for mutual. Yeah. The first one apparently was one called The Floor Walker. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that. He that's, works uh, in a department uh, yeah, store. Yeah, that's the famous scene where he's on the roller skates and it looks like he's going to, he's skating around oh, the, the, yeah. the department store. It looks like he's going to go over the edge and he doesn't. Right, right. Because right. he's not paying attention to where he's skating. I have seen that. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> on this day in 1917, let me try that again. And first, on this day in 1917, mm. the very first jazz records were recorded. Oh, how about that? The very first jazz song ever put on a record was by a band called the Original Dixieland Jazz Band. It was for the Victor Talking Machine Company, which later on became RCA. Dixie Jazz Band One Step was the name of it, and copies of it still exist to this day. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's just noise. It's just <laughs> you don't noise. like that? I don't like Dixieland jazz. Oh. I'm a big jazz fan, but I don't, I don't like Dixieland jazz. I like jazz. some Dixieland jazz. It's a little bit too frenetic for It's a me. little bit, but it reminds me of silent films. Ah, gotcha. So, In 1919, on this day, Congress formed the Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. Mm. Still very Grand popular. To Love the Grand Canyon. Very popular destination to this day. Yes. Not Still a, amazing. Not as good as uh, the Mall of America. No. That is a vacation no, destination. No, why would you go there when you go indoors and look at stuff inside? In 1930, the first red and green traffic lights were installed in a major metropolitan area. What was it, what was it before then? Just stop signs or think, traffic cop? I think they had those... Uh, oh, the arm things. The, yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, the sign signs. would just come down and say stop and yeah. go, right? But they used red and green traffic lights for the first time on this day in 1930. Hmm. Any guesses as to what major metropolitan city <laughs> had the re- the first red and green traffic lights? Eddie, because there's so many illiterate people in there. I'm just wondering if you know what city. I'm gonna say Philadelphia. That'd be Manhattan. Oh. Manhattan again. So many illiterate people there. <laughs> oh, now you're in trouble. I'll take shots in New York too. Now you're in trouble. In 1935, the first time radar was ever demonstrated was on this day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what radar stands for? Did you know it's a? Uh, an, I knew it was an, an, an acronym. An acronym, but I don't. I don't know what it stands for. Radio detection and ranging mm. is what that stands for. But today we just know it as radar. In 1936, a charming young gentleman named Adolf Hitler introduced <laughs> the Volkswagen. Well. It was the very first car that was created by the German Labor Front, which was a Nazi labor union, and it was in fact a Nazi car. Hmm. So. Nice. All you guys out there driving Jettas, just keep in mind, you're a Nazi. That's weird that stuck around. Well, it was a good car. I know, but like, you would think they would change the name. I guess you're right. Just like a branding situation. You think they would have changed at some point. Considering how closely associated it was with the Nazi party in its origins, you do think maybe they would have changed it. That's weird. However, they still call it a Volkswagen to this day. They do. Do you know what Volkswagen means in German? No. The people's car. Oh, does it? There you go. Uh, Not nice people, but people, nonetheless. Some people. Hey, speaking of Germans, on this day in 1942, Werner Heisenberg, the principal scientist in the German nuclear weapons program, delivered a lecture to Nazi officials about extracting energy from nuclear fission. He was telling them how a a nuclear weapon would work. Can you imagine how the world would have changed if the Nazis had gotten the... Is that what started off the, the atom bomb first? The nuclear race, I guess, sort of to who could develop the weapon first and then. Use yeah, it? well, luckily we beat them. Yes. Uh, you know, we, you know, <laughs> me and some pals, we beat them <laughs> in World War II. And then once uh, that was over, they they went into Germany and they had a, a brain suck and they took all yeah. of those German scientists. That and paperclip operation. Yeah. Paper, or file, and, paper and they clip, brought whatever. them all to America to yeah. work for us so we could have the first. Yeah. And then NASA. And then we could put them in space. All that stuff. The, yes. uh, the rocket programs, the bombs, all that stuff. Good stuff. The brain drain that we did. Uh, speaking of which, in 1952, Prime Minister Winston Churchill announced that Britain finally had its own atomic weapon. Mm. Mm, late to the game. A little Winnie. bit. A little, little bit. War was over. Oh, some 10 years by then. (laughs) Everybody had one. What are you so proud of? In 1954, Michigan Representative Ruth Thompson. This was going to surprise you to find out that she's a Republican, by the way. She introduced legislation to ban the mailing of obscene, lewd, lascivious, or filthy rock and roll records. Oh. This is 1954. Rock and roll just started. (sighs) And she was trying to introduce legislation. See, they're very clever, these people who are... uh, 
or uh, what do you call them? Um, what? I don't know what you're trying to say. A censor. A oh, censor. censor. Yes. 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 When people try to censor things, she didn't say, oh, you can't make rock and roll records right. anymore. She said, you can't mail them, meaning that any can't company, right, yeah. any company that was trying to ship records into record stores would not be able to yeah. sell rock and roll records. Because you could get a law passed that way without really impinging on someone's freedom of speech expression. or expression or like that. Exactly. The offense would be punishable by five years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Oh. Now, sadly, her legislation didn't really be wasn't very specific about who would decide what was obscene, lewd, lascivious or filthy in these songs. She just knew you could tell. Right. One of the songs she had a big problem was by was by a singer named Hank Ballard, who had a song called Work With Me, Annie. And apparently she thought the lyrics were way too sexual. (laughs) Of course, the minute the uh, Federal Communications Commission tried to ban it from being played in the radio, Sales went through the roof and it shot to the top of the Billboard Good. R&B chart for about seven weeks. Good. Here's a little bit of uh, Hank Ballard's work with me, Annie, and you can hear just how filthy these lyrics are <laughs> and why someone had to step in and keep young, impressionable minds from hearing this kind of devil's music. Oh, my God. Let's get it while the getting is good, I right? so dirty. You know what they're talking about. Right. Getting that the, sweet, sweet hoo-ha. Yeah, the poo nanny. That's what he wants. That's right. Oh, filthy. Filthy. People trying to censor shit. In 1975, God. on the Today Show, they had the first televised kidney transplant. Really? How desperate for content was wow. the Today Show in 1975? Can't believe we don't have that now, like on TV. You would think there'd be the Surgery Channel or yes. something. Well, they, well, I guess there is, sort they, of. TLC does a lot of that yeah, kind of stuff. My true. wife and daughter watch a show called Botched. Have you ever seen this show? I've heard of it. I've never watched it. It's a show where two plastic surgeons take on the worst cases yeah. of people who've had plastic surgery go wrong, mm. like the woman that injects... Uh, cement into her butt trying to get bigger butt cheeks and stuff Jesus. and so they will go in and surgically remove the bad implants and try to repair the damage and they show you stuff <laughs> in the operating room that makes me literally turn away <laughs> i've left the room before and my kid and just watching it fascinating just... can't can't have their eyes wide enough Ugh. watching like no skin oh, no, being no, pulled no, up no, and a no, chisel no. going no, in no, there no. and they're banging away there with a hammer and I've a seen it where they put stuff in people's nose and they're just like it's Dear like a my, railroad dear spike God. up somebody's nose terrifying like, stop it simply terrifying cannot deal speaking of television in 1979 CBS television had the premiere of a sitcom called Flatbush now this was in the era of uh, Saturday Night uh, La- Saturday Night Fever yeah and another show called Lords of Flatbush about sort of uh, New York young wise guys making their way in the world. This one was called Flatbush, and it was about a group of friends called the Fungos. And people who lived in Brooklyn were so insulted, they bombarded CBS with phone calls and complaints, and three episodes later, the show was pulled off the air. I think largely because it also seemed to be really awful. Here's a (laughs) promo for a sitcom that only lasted three episodes in 1979 called Flatbush. Get ready for Flatbush, east side, west side. The fungos are all over town. One for all and all for fun. These kids have got what it takes to turn the town upside down. So if you want to laugh out loud again, take a trip to Flatbush. Premiering next, right here, Flatbush. Wow, that sounds. They literally were going, I do good these, the Did anyone come out of that that was famous? Any of the actors? It was, I'll have you know, Adrian Zemed's first star. Really? Oh, yes. Adrian, From TJ Hooker? Adrian Zemed was. Bachelor one, Party? He was one of the fungos. Oh, I can see that. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I can totally see that. I can see why people in Brooklyn were like, are you shitting me? <laughs> not even speaking English. It's hard enough to be from Brooklyn. Now, this is what you're going to put out <laughs> representing us? <It's> gibberish. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay on steroids. <laughs> 1983 on this day, an album hit number one on the U.S. charts and stayed there for an insane 37 weeks. 
37 weeks at number one. I'm trying to think what happened. Any guesses? What, what, what was the year again? Was? The year 1983. Thriller. Well done, Eddie Pat, for bonus you. points. Very impressive. Thank you. All right. And you know, I'd like to do at this point in the show is to take a food related day in history. Run a past Daddy Pence mm-hmm. and see whether it's something that he will eat and or, of course, stick up his ass. <laughs> On this day in 599 B.C., mm-hmm. okay. Nebuchadnezzar, good old Nebuchadnezzar. That was a person. He was. He yeah. was the ancient king of Babylon. Okay. He had the fabled hanging gardens of Babylon. <gasps> On this day, or as near as they can figure, I assume, because it was a long time yes. ago. He gave the order that pistachio trees be planted in his fabled hanging gardens, mm. thus making pistachios an exclusively royal food. In fact, the Queen of Sheba decreed that commoners were not allowed to grow the nut for their own personal use. They couldn't even grow it. To Could eat not it. grow wow. pistachios. It was just for the royals. The Mongol Emperor Akbar the Great would have lavish banquets for his royal status, and he would uh, take chickens and feed them nothing but pistachios for eight weeks before he slaughtered them <laughs> because it was considered such a royal nut. <laughs> pistachios have been cultivated for over 7,000 years, Eddie Pence. It's only one of two nuts that's mentioned in the Bible. Really? They mentioned pistachios, and the other they mentioned is almonds. Mm. Pistachio production in the U.S. was almost 400 million pounds this past That's year. A lot of pistachios. U.S. is the world's second largest producer of pistachios, with Iran being the largest. Hmm. For many years, U.S. pistachios were dyed red. I remember that. To yeah, disguise yeah. imperfections in the shells and to make the nuts stand out in vending machines. Yeah. That scene from Naked Gun where they're sitting out front of the uh, thing <laughs> and right. they have red lips and red, yeah, fingers. red fingers. They open the door and there's just a mound of pistachio shells. Pistachio ice cream <laughs> was supposedly created by uh, James W. Parkinson. On this day, uh, not on this day, but in 1840. So we salute today the pistachio nut. Is that a nut Eddie Pence would eat? Or do you think like so many things he would make a poor choice and, and not eat it at all? There's only one way for us to find out. We pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see if that's something he's eaten or not. Is he royal enough to eat pistachios? Let's find out. One pistachio, two pistachios, three pistachios, and a pistachio. <laughs> He's eating pistachios. Yeah, I like pistachios. King Edwin of Pence. Very royal. Very royal. I'm surprised. Why? It's a good nut. Seems to me to be more work than you're usually willing no, to No, because it's already kind of cracked for you. Mm. You just kind of open it. Every third one. <laughs> well, I won't eat that one. You got to get yourself a pair of pliers and a flathead screwdriver in order to get no that those are hard open. to get open but like most of them when they well they roast them or whatever to make the shell pop open yeah, a little bit and i, I know how pistachios them. work yeah, know. but just, you're a guy who doesn't like crab not too that. much work no, i like you crab got, legs you got a lot of problems with a lot of foods that I don't require like labor i don't like to work hard at it saying. i i don't like it because when you get your fingernails in there to split open the uh, shells yeah the, the shell can dig under your fingernail and yeah. give you that pain you that get under your That can hurt a little fingernail. bit. That can hurt a little After bit. After about six nuts, your fingertips are bleeding. <laughs> That's why they're dyed red, so you don't tell. But I like when they shell them for you just in the bag. I like the shelled just, ones, just and I like, I like pistachio pudding. I think that's yummy. Well, look at you. So, it's a good nut. It's a good day for Eddie Pence. He won the game, <laughs> and he's eating pistachios. <laughs> and that is This Day in History. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. All righty, let's take a look at all the entertainment news in a segment called The Showbiz Beat. Yesterday, the title of Jurassic World 3 was revealed by director Colin Trevorrow. Now, I was surprised that they were making this until I looked at the numbers. Yeah. Jurassic World became one of the highest grossing movies ever made. It was I huge. I had no idea. It was it made, terrible it, and it was huge. It made yeah. $1.7 billion yeah. worldwide. It was a huge movie. Terrible, but a huge movie. I don't think it was as bad as Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I, I didn't even that see was that was worse than, than Jurassic World. Did you World. see that I one? Did see I that didn't one. even see I've that. I've seen them both. That was the second installment in the world 
franchise, and it made $1.3 billion Jesus. worldwide. Of course they're going to make it. So no one. surprise there is a third Jurassic World movie coming. It is called, according to the director, Jurassic World Dominion. Ooh. Dominion. There, now they, they rule it all, right? It's their dominion. I am assuming that's what it means. Great. Although, it's funny. I've seen the first two films, but I couldn't really tell you what happened in either no, of them. I just the storyline didn't really stick with me. No. I just run around screaming and dinosaurs everywhere. Now, what's the upside of this film? What's the one thing that keeps us interested, Eddie Pence? Uh, aren't they bringing back some of the original cast? The OGs are coming right? back. So you got Chris Pratt and Dallas uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. Who I'll watch in anything, by the way. Yes. She's, she's stunning. They're coming back, but they're also bringing back Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum will all be returning yes. to the franchise as well. Now, that's a reason to watch. So I might have to go watch Fallen Kingdom just so I can be prepared for Domin- Dominion, just so I can see that one, because I just want to see the original cast. I'm guessing you won't need to see Probably number not. two to understand what's going on. Probably not. Three, so, But if you want to, feel free. All right, Oprah Winfrey has announced she is starting a podcast. The, oh, good. The OWN podcast, the Oprah Winfrey Network podcast, to which I say, just stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah don't you have enough? You have a TV network. And listen what she's doing, by the way. She's just taking old episodes of the Oprah Winfrey show. <laughs> no, she is not. And pulling the audio from those episodes and packaging them into podcast format. Wow. Just That's to get advertising it. money for podcasts. That's all she's doing is playing the audio of her old TV show. That's her new podcast. I mean, I guess if you have that kind of library that can generate revenue, why she's not? She's got 25 years worth of shows. Yeah. So it's just going to strip the audio out of it, slap it on the internet, call it a podcast, and just sit back and click and catch the checks. Unreal. I I didn't. <laughs> Unreal. I wasn't out there giving away cars, Oprah. I wasn't stepping <laughs> on your toes. I wasn't out there doing a wildly popular daytime talk show. You should show her up, start giving away some cars. Why you got to come into my world? Why you got to start competing for my business? It's a, it's it's a little too much. By the way, you'll hear some of her most popular segments, Eddie Pence. Oh, good. Including the introduction of Dr. Phil. No. no. Dr. Oz. Oh, that's right. She unleashed both of those guys And other doctors who aren't really doctors out there in the world. So the Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast, starting on March 3rd. You'll be able to hear that Mm. on Mm -hmm. the the Oprah Winfrey Network podcast network. (laughs) Is that the only podcast that's going to be on her network? I have no idea. I'm guessing. But it doesn't really matter. Dr. Phil? It doesn't matter. Paramount Pictures has announced they are moving forward with a biopic of Sammy Davis Jr., which I find personally very interesting because I think he was a fascinating, one-of-a-kind talent. I also think that is the problem for the producers of this show is that he was a fascinating, one-of-a-kind talent. Where do you find somebody who can act, dance, play multiple instruments, sing, do impressions, do all the things that Sammy Davis Jr. could do where do you find a performer of that uh, caliber to play Sammy Davis Jr. in a movie? I, Donald Glover, maybe? Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. That's the only one I can think of that's versatile enough to do It's just a tall that. order. I think anyone that you put in that role is going to pale in comparison to the I don't know. Thing. Yeah, I, I'm trying to rack my head what performers, I, what actors I know that could do that. I don't know. Unless maybe you go off the board and you have one of those giant cattle call auditions yeah. and you pick some guy out of the of the crowd who's uh, who's a no-name yeah. and you just introduce him to the world as Sammy Davis. Jr. But I thought when Joaquin Phoenix did Cash, I thought that was an impossible thing to cast and he did phenomenal in that movie. So. Johnny Cash... Did one thing. I know. He but sang. I understand. That was impressive. Don't get me wrong. He did a nice job with the songs. I'm not comparing. Hardly comparable. I'm not comparing their talent. I'm just saying as a something to cast in a film, I thought that was a hard cast. This seems equally, if not more difficult, and I don't. But it was done before, so maybe they can find somebody this time. I don't know. The good news is they have a great writer who's on board to uh, pen the story, who's a big fan of Sammy Davis Jr., surprisingly. His name is Charles Murray, and he's mostly known as a writer-producer from Sons of Anarchy and Luke Cage. Mm. So you ne- wouldn't necessarily think of him as a fan of uh, Song no. and Dance Men. But he said, look, it's true. If you saw me, I'm 6'4", 290 pounds, maybe 300 if I'm being really honest. So it might surprise you that I grew up loving musicals and gravitated to Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, Elvis, and James Cagney. I was this little black dude, and then I see. No, they said, and then this little black dude I would see on TV who held his own alongside Frank Sinatra. So he's a longtime fan of Sammy Davis Jr. He's African American, and he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of his career. So yeah. if anybody can write the story, if this guy seems like a physically, good physically, I don't know how they're going to cast somebody because he was so just small person. He was tiny. 
I mean, I, I, that's why I don't think you can base it off size. You just have to cast the best talent, I yeah. suppose. And uh, the interesting point of view that this writer said he's going to take is that Sammy Davis Jr.'s drive to fit in, to be accepted, especially by white America, was his biggest flaw, was the albatross that hung around his neck. Right, right, it was the right. hardest thing he had to overcome. He was so desperate to be accepted as, as a mainstream performer that really drove him so very hard. It was the biggest cross that he had to bear. What if that built up any resentment in the African-American community against him because he was so desperate to get white people's approval? I think everybody loved him. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. Because mm. he started off as a wildly popular black entertainer before yeah. he became known to white America. This should be an he was a kid. He was a kid. He was a performer. Yeah. You know, worked his way up in the business. All right. Anyway, I want to see it. We'll see. Uh, speaking of old Hollywood, Kirk Douglas, it has been announced, had a $61 million fortune at the mm. time of his death yeah. when he died at 103. He has given $50 million of that to the Kirk Douglas Foundation, a charitable foundation that delegates money to various cha uh, charities through his foundation. So 50 out of the $61 million are going to Children's Hospital and uh, Westwood Sinai Temple. Culver City's Kirk Douglas Theater. There's a bunch of organizations that will benefit from his fortune. People are making a big deal of the fact that he gave his son, Michael, nothing in his will of his $61 million. Yes, I heard fortune. about this. People were very curious as to why that happened. Well, yeah, but it's very obvious why. I would say maybe because Michael Douglas is worth $300 million. Yes. Maybe Kirk was smart enough to realize that his son really didn't need his money. I'm sure there was a conversation. As much as the children's hospital. Yes, I'm sure there was a conversation there going, you know what? I'm Let's do this. This is the right thing to do. I agree. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on February 26th. Actor Greg German, or I guess it's German, actually, from Ally McBeal. He is 62 years old today. Bassist Tim Comerford from Audio Slave and Rage Against the Machine. He's 52. Now you do what they told you. 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 You think I could audition for Sammy? Yes. I'm just thinking. I move pretty good. Yeah. I do impressions. You do impressions. I'm an actor. I sing. Yeah. I'm a drummer. He yeah. was a drummer too. Let's get some paint on there and go I'm forward. thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> with today's CGI technology. <laughs> who could take the sunrise? Sprinkle it with dew. Just have you wear a green suit and what? then just CGI on CGI brown Sammy skin. onto me. I've got the chops. <laughs> The candy man, the candy man can. I have to tell you, man, it's a crazy, crazy thing we're doing here. <laughs> Seriously. Frank, let me tell you, thank you so much, man, for all the opportunities you've given me. I think it's right. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Close your eyes. Boom. Yeah. Sammy's in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, that won't offend anybody. I, I gotta call my agent. Nope. I gotta pitch myself. Yep. Absolutely. How about an elderly white Irish dude? <laughs> Would you consider him for Sammy? <laughs> Paramount. Uh, did I mention Bill Duke is 77 years old today? I think you A did. Actor, director Bill Duke is 77. Singer Michael Bolton is 67 years old today. When a man loves a woman And keep his mind on nothing else He takes the world for the good thing he's found When a man loves a woman Count. <laughs> just yeah, I would make a tape. Yeah, I'm gonna make a tape. I'm and gonna send it in. I'm gonna self-tape. Send that into the producers. <laughs> Actress Marta Kristen from Lost in Space is 75. Oh, I had a crush on Marta Kristen back in the days of yeah. reruns. She was uh, Judy Jetson. Mm -hmm. No, she wasn't Judy one of the Jetson. Jetson she, she was, was a Robinson. Cartoon. She was uh, Judy Robinson. Is who she was. <laughs> 75 years old today. Keyboardist Jonathan Kane of Journey. 70 years old. Slow dance yeah. number, that one is. 
Good for grinding. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Actor Maz Jabrani <laughs> celebrates his 48th birthday today. Also successful stand-up. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Maz Jabrani? I did. We kind of started around the same time. Yeah. Oh, another brush with greatness. We took a stand-up comedy class together. Of course you did. <laughs> so... Would Maz know you today if you saw him in the class? I've run into him a couple times, and he kind of gives that nod. He gives a nod. Hey, but I don't hey know guy if he would I know my class with once. I don't know if he would know my name, but we we took a stand He's up. He's gone and now. This was like 98, 97. Once that unspecial gets unleashed yes. by Comedy Dynamics. At some point. Then all hell's going to break loose. Oh, yeah, another brush with fame. And lastly, Mitch Ryder of Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, one of the great soul singers of all time. 75 years old today. CC Rider. You, you don't gotta sell me. Right. I've already cast you. I'm telling you. I've already cast you. Who can take the sunrise? It's not weird at all. I would crush. You would absolutely crush. Roll. Get that production shut down quick. That's all the celebrity birthdays for today. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And you know, you know what today is, don't you, Eddie Pence? Besides being Ash Wednesday, what? It's another kind of Wednesday. It's one hit wonder <gasps> Wednesday. So we take a look at a famous song that was a smash hit. However, the artist that created it never quite had that success again. It's time for One Hit Wonders. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's kind of cool because we are going all the way back to 2011 for this mm. One Hit Wonder. Okay. There aren't a lot of recent One Hit Wonders. It seems like most people get a cluster of hits. Yeah. You, you get the occasional Macarena or one of those one-off sort of novelty songs. But this was a song that was a smash hit, as I mentioned, in 2011. And it was everywhere. It came from an artist whose name was Wally DeBacker. Wally DeBacker. Okay. It's not what he went at as professionally. Oh, okay. So he, I'm trying to think of that guy. No surprise you don't remember yeah, that doesn't name. Yeah, sound familiar. He was Belgian-born, mm -hmm. but he moved to Australia when he was just two years old. And he was a founding member of a Melbourne indie pop trio called The Basics. And they released a bunch of albums, but he also released some albums on his own. However, he released them under a professional name that was enormously hard to pronounce just by reading it. G-O-T-Y-E. Is how it's spelled, but it's pronounced Gautier. Riley called in for his smash hit song. Hey, Ralph. One Star General here from Andy, Oregon. My name is Riley Blake. I have a suggestion for One Hit Wonders. Uh, Gautier, somebody that I used to know. This fucking song was everywhere, and it annoyed the shit out of me. All right. Thank you. Love you, man. Bye. By all means, let's play yes. it for you. You're going to enjoy the next couple of minutes, that's for sure. Gautier has released three studio albums independently. The first two albums were just minor successes there in his homeland of Australia. But it was his third studio album, Making Mirrors, in 2011 that created this smash hit. It was the second single from that album. And Gautier usually works by sampling. He takes other music and then writes his songs based around those by adding additional instrumentation and that's what he did with this one. He took a, a sample of a Brazilian jazz guitarist named Luis Bonfa from 1967. It was a song called Seville. He took that and then he added a xylophone and some instrumentation on top of it. And then perhaps I think the, the most clever part was he made it a sort of a back and forth duet between his feelings about a relationship and that of a female vocalist. He had a New Zealand vocalist named Kimbra who joined him on the song. Well, the combination was unstoppable. It topped the charts in the United States, in the UK, in Australia, in New Zealand. In fact, 22 other national charts around the world, it went to number one. Wow. It reached the top 10 in more than 30 countries around the world. The song has sold 13 million copies worldwide, becoming one of the best-selling digital singles of all time. And the video really helped sell it as well. You probably know the video. It's both of them nude up against a wall and then through stop motion animation, the wall starts to be colored in sort of fragmented colors. And then the, their skin starts to be painted. No. Don't you don't recognize no, that video at all? Not at all. Well, you're one of the few people, Eddie, <laughs> because it's, it's reached over 1.3 billion views oh my God. on YouTube as of November 2019. Uh, Gautier and Kimbra in that video. It's very striking. 
I liked this song. I still like this song. I know Riley says it, it bothered the shit out of him, but I still like it. Here's a little bit of Gautier's hit from 2011, Someone I Used to Know. was everywhere i remember i thought it was sting it is the greatest sting song sting never recorded that i thought sure. that's i remember that song i was like i always thought that was sting no, it was gotier oh, okay out of australia yeah with uh kimbra singing and i i can't play the whole song because no. of legal reasons and right. stuff like that but uh she comes in later song and that's when the song i think really soars she is a, a stunning very talented singer in her mm. own right but uh, gotier uh, as far as we know has never had a hit <laughs> Of that caliber. He could still do it. He's he still could still time. do it. It's still young. He's it was just a few years ago, 20, uh, oh, geez, 11. almost 10 years ago. Oh, it is, isn't yeah, it? it's almost a decade. Nine. Mm, time's running out, Gautier, for your second act. <laughs> I don't know. You may remain a one-hit wonder. It's a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. That's it for today's show. Thanks so much for joining us, boys and girls. Come on back tomorrow. We're going to have so much fun, but as I always say, it's not quite as fun without you. Love you. Mean it. Bye.